Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. Well, good afternoon. This is Chris Marwitz, Loving That Sports Talk. And I am here, you know, unfortunately last week we weren't able to be on some, we had technical, technical difficulties, but uh, we're back here and uh, ready to go again. And I have with, with me as always, former NFL player James Loving. Hey, what's going on? Oh, uh, nothing, just uh, sitting here just ready to have a really good show. We're, we're going to do something a little different we haven't had in a while, actually. Um, we're we're going to talk college football. You ready for that? You excited? I want to hear all about it. I want to learn something. <laughs> well, <clears throat> the only one we can learn anything from is, of course, our college guru, and that's Mark Slauson. And, uh, Mark, it's always good to have you on. Great to be here, Chris. Uh, looking forward to, to talking some college football and ready for James to chime in, too, a little bit. James, you can't just take the day off. <laughs> oh, come on. No. <laughs> I, I got something for you, but I'm not ready to argue with you yet, Mark, but I am. <laughs> right. no, no problem, no problem. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, let, let, let's, let's, just, let's just hit it with a bang. Um, so a few weeks back, you know, all this stuff was going on regarding Urban Meyer, you know, at Ohio State, the head coach, you know, that he did not disclose – properly the information that he found out regarding what one of his, his assistant coaches did to his wife. Um, and they ended up bringing in a, a, a group of people to discuss what should happen. Um, and they ended up fi- or actually suspending him for the first three games. Did that surprise you that they ended up suspending him? No, no, I wasn't surprised at all. And as a matter of fact, I think Pretty much I expected it to be kind of what it was, which was just merely really a, a slap on the wrist. Um, I think that, you know, what he did was was pretty nefarious. And um, to, to just openly lie, you know, to the media on, the, on Big Ten Media Day and then subsequently lie to, to the panel um, about his, his involvement with that whole situation. Um, it was a really bad look. Uh, you know, I, I think Urban Meyer over the years has, has kind of, you know, shown, shown what he really is, and he's kind of all about winning and winning at all costs, frankly. Um, and so, and, and I guess it's just, I don't know. To me, it's a bad look for Ohio State. Um, they've had some... You know, in the past, they've had some issues with coaches. Um, you know, of course, Jim Trestle got fired, you know, for what I think was a lot lesser um, situation, the whole Terrell Pryor uh, tattoo gate situation there. Um, but I think what they realize that Urban Meyer is, frankly, a top two coach in all of college football. They, they you know, he came home to Ohio, and he is, revered very high in, in Ohio and um the the thought of him, you know, leaving was just I think too much for them. Um and so they they did what they thought was uh, the right thing to do, which is give him a, a you know, again a slap on the wrist, a, a three game suspension. And this is a and 
I thought it was kind of interesting too. I've never heard of a suspension where you can actually coach your team, you know, in practice and everything. So the last two weeks he's been in practice every day with these guys. He's just suspended for the games. Um, but yeah, just overall, just kind of makes you feel a little icky about college sports. Uh, the you know the the victim in this really kind of got lost in the in the shuffle. I mean, it really and frankly the the perpetrator, you know, the assistant coach, really ended up kind of with his hands clean at the end of the day. I mean, he got fired and everything, but I think he should have gotten a lot more of the heat. You know, it all turned to Urban Meyer. Um, you know, just a just a bad look in general, and kind of really, really kind of a rough way to start the season off uh, with kind of the realities that uh, you know, college sports is a huge business and. That was a business decision on their part. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and James, you and I discussed this, you know, regarding, you know, the, the where, where the, the wife of the assistant coach had, had texted um, Urban Meyer's wife. And, you know, we're like, okay, what husband and wife don't discuss things, especially something pertinent like that in text message? You know, so initially we we knew that that you know he was lying about that to begin with, and then then of course he he admitted it, but then he he was saying saying things lying to the media. But again, you can't fault him, you can't accuse him or, or charge him with anything for lying to the media. But I think ultimately he got sure. he got uh, charged because of of he didn't follow policy and procedure. But James, I, I know you right. have a and, comment and, about this. You know his. His wife is actually employed by the university as well, um, and it's been pretty well documented that she is a major part of the football program there. Uh, to claim that he didn't know uh, the, the, about those text messages going on is just, I mean, that's, I, I don't know how he did that with a straight face because that's just, that's just a straight-up lie. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Um, right. You know he's. Uh, you know he, he he claims that they. You know he and his wife share everything. They do this and that. Uh, you know until it's not convenient for him, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, no, we never even never discussed that. So yeah, it's <laughs> again. You know the, the Ohio State fans, and I know a few of them, and they're they're very bummed out, and I think it just sheds such a a negative light on the program. I mean they're an incredible football powerhouse, blue blood, whatever you want to say over the years. Um, and and I kind of do feel bad for, for, for some of the fans and everything because they're, you know, um, I know if it was my university, it would be really hard for me to, to kind of just look past that and move on and not have a feeling like, well, oh, this is kind of dirty. Um, but, you know, that's that's the uh, the path that they chose to take and, and – so we'll see. It hasn't it certainly hasn't affected them on the football field this year. Um, they've been right. uh, the usual Ohio State juggernaut. So we'll see if it if it if it, if all of the kind of energy spent on this whole investigation and kind of the uncertainty and all that comes back to to kind of bite him at the end. I don't know if it will or not. I mean, I um, again, he's a top two coach as far as I'm concerned, and. and and all of college football, um, and they have they have probably top three or four talent uh, at that university. So they're I think they're going to be fine football wise. But you know I think they're definitely probably one of the bigger enemies out there now after 
Um, I think a lot of people had the same reaction that I did, that it was just, it's unfortunate and just kind of dirty and, and it's bordering on almost like a cheating feel. And it just, uh, yeah, it doesn't really, I don't think it really bodes well for them in the, in the long term. Cause I think, you know, they're, they're going to be negative recruited against. And, and I mean, I, honestly, there's questions whether Urban Meyer is going to end up there, you know, super long term. I could see kind of the next little violation, um, you know, costing him his job there. So, and he's, he's been known to do that over the years too. So he's, he's kind of always had teams or there's always some kind of drama or issues in the air. And he's always kind of skated past it. I mean, he had the whole Florida situation with, uh, uh, Aaron Rodriguez and, um, or Aaron Hernandez, excuse me. Um, and that whole, whole deal. And, Really, he kind of left that program in shambles after when he took off and, you know, claimed that he had heart issues. Um, and you know, I, I, I forgot he was behind all that. Wow. What's that? I said I, I forgot that he was behind all that with Aaron Hernandez at, at there in Florida. He did, yeah. And, you know, there was, there was some whisperings that, that he, you know, I mean, Aaron Hernandez was never – um, charged with murder or anything while he was at Florida, but there was some whisperings that he did, um, you know, commit a murder while he was there and that there might have been some right. cover-up action going on. That's, you know, that's almost like conspiracy theory. Um, at the very least, I think Urban knew that he was a very bad person, and um, and a lot of the guys on his team were, were bad, and... Uh, he again. He kind of left that program in shambles and and left uh, claiming that he had heart issues and then you know took a year off and then you know goes to Ohio State. So I don't know. He's he's kind of made a name for himself and not in a great way. I do think it's going to certainly tarnish his legacy and we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, right through the football team right. moving forward. Okay. Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? Let's take a break. When we come back, James, I'm going to let you respond or or, or follow up with something to to mark on this. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Voice America Sports. 
You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz and I'm sitting here just having a nice little conversation with James Loving, former NFL player. And James, um, we have with us a really good college guru that, you know, anytime we have him on, I always learn a lot. Or, or he brings up information that I forget, but it's like, oh, that's right. So it's always good to have him on. Right? I always have, but, you know, just, I don't follow this college, uh, but it's interesting to know the things that goes on. Mark, I want to be the dead horse to death with the rubber mind thing. It is more to talk about in college. Uh, but two things. One, when they happened, I told everybody they would not fire him because he brings too much money in the program. You know, and you look at that in these programs like Ohio State, Alabama with Sabian, they kind of run it. You know, what they do, they brush it out when it comes to life because look at that Penn State thing. They knew that was going on with Paternal, but Paternal ran that school, so they covered it up until it couldn't get covered up no more. And then things come out, and they'd be like, hey, how's this? And they got these coaches, you know. I think, and you might know this, Mark, college coaches make more than the pros. I mean, they got the salary, they get um, cars, they get um, they got a radio show. So I think they make more than the pros, coaches, but you'll know better than that. But the other thing is, is... Um, these programs, when things like that happen, I mean, like with the Hernandez and everybody, you forget about it because this one guy told me winning um, cure everything. If you win, they're going to forget about it. I mean, look what Kobe Bryant did. I mean, he really raped a girl, but came back and, you know, winning. Nobody even talk about that. I mean, I mean, look at that, you know? And so when you look at these programs, Penn State now still a power off. Now they have number one back, you know, and look at all they do. They was over there knocking boys out, the coaches. But they, they got back winning, and we forget about what happened there. You know, so, you know, um, this thing where everybody's going to blow over and just get back winning, and, you know. And so, you know, you got to look at it and say, you know, it happened, move on, because the schools move on. They cover up. Ain't no way his wife can go home and tell him. And the way they've been together and talking, say he's been beating that dog on white. There's no way. I mean, he can lie and say what he won't, but, but so, but, you know, I just think it's a dead horse when you got like Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, uh, these coaches as well known as up there that these schools don't want to get rid of because they bring more money up for the school. What do you think about that, Mark? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head for sure. I mean, there's, there's a huge money factor involved with that, absolutely. And and then there's just the, the, the passion. I mean, it's for me, I think college football is a little bit different than the pros. You have people that are, are super invested in, in your schools. Like, if you graduate from a school, you know, that is your in your heart, you know. And people, you know, it's a big deal. Like, people live vicariously through their, their football teams. And you know, especially in college. Um, and I think that, yeah, they, they've gone to great lengths to cover up for 
obviously Joe Paterno, that was just absolutely disgraceful. Uh, you look at Baylor with Art Bryles, um, and then, you know, now this, this whole Urban Meyer, you know, part two for him. Um, yeah, it's, um, you know, I, I, again, it's a, it's a huge, I mean, if you look at Baylor football before Art Bryles got there, um, I mean, I used to go to games there in Waco, and it was it was ridiculous. I mean, there would be maybe maybe five thousand Baylor fans there. Um, you know, I'd go to the Texas games, and there would be you know it would be ninety five percent Texas people there, um, and their team was just god awful. Um, you bring Bryles in, he ends up you know turning that program completely around, and then you know now you you see what Baylor has. On their campus, they have this huge brand-new stadium right there on the Brazos River. Um, it's a beautiful, state-of-the-art place, and he brought so much money into that place. Um, and, I mean, he's a prime example of all the stuff that was covered up when he was there. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's it's pretty sickening. Um, it, it, you know, you hate, to, you hate to have that kind of stuff uh, kind of deep into the whole college football world because, you know, at its core, I mean, I love, I love college sports and I love college football, but yeah, it's just, you know, it is huge business. And again, it's huge passion. I mean, a lot of these places, I mean, Nick Saban is, is way more revered than, you know, the governor or Senator of, of Alabama. And, um, oftentimes these guys are the most popular people in that state. Um, and so, yeah, they're going to get every benefit of the doubt. Uh, they're going to get, you know, people that go to great lengths to cover up, uh, the things that they do. And it's, it's, it's kind of gross. It really is. And, uh, you know, you just kind of hope that your school doesn't get, get popped. But I mean, there's a lot of this stuff goes on at a lot of different schools. And I think we're, you know, in the, the kind of the new internet age where there's not, um, you know, everybody's got a camera phone and everybody's got information at the tip of their fingers. Um, you know, you'd think that, that some of this stuff would kind of, um, you know, that, that, that they would try to, you know, go by the books more so that they don't risk getting caught um, because it seems like it would be a lot easier to get caught um, nowadays. But by the same token, the NCAA, you know, just their legislative board is just – is is so con- confused and um, there's just not enough people to monitor these situations. And it's just, um, there's always a lot of kind of jurisdictional issues. And I mean, like North Carolina, for instance, they had that whole cheating scam uh, where, you know, football and basketball players were taking these courses and literally not even showing up at all and just getting an A mm-hmm. in these courses and nothing happened to them. So um, there's definitely some institutional things that need to get shored up. I don't think that's probably going to happen, but, uh, you know, in the meanwhile, we just got to, I don't know, it's, it definitely needs to be fixed, but I don't know if there's a good answer for that. Hmm. Well, Mark, you know, I, I, and, and James, I'm glad that you guys brought up the fact about money because that was something I wanted to talk about. And I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Texas A&M is now the most valuable college football program around. Uh, Texas used to be. Now Texas is number two. So what's going on in Texas? I'm like, all this money. So basically what they did is they compared the profits and the revenue that the schools were bringing in. And 
Texas A&M increase is due to you know, the athletics department contributions, more ticket revenue, and conference revenue from the SEC. Uh, Texas A&M brought in about $148 million in revenue and made $107 million in profit over the last three years. So I, I guess the thing is, is why isn't Texas A&M thought more highly outside of the state of Texas? <laughs> Mark? Um, yeah. That's, yeah. Um, they don't have much history, frankly, Chris. I mean... It's it's a really unique place, uh, College Station. Um, it's a very kind of rural environment. They have that football team uh, and, and not much of anything else going on there in that town. But they also have a huge alumni base. I mean, they've got, they've got almost 50,000 students uh, per year that come through that institution. There's a lot of money, a lot of Texas oil money, and you know they've they've been the kind of the little brother to Texas for years and years and years, and they want nothing more than to not be in that role. And so they've done a lot of things to try to get out of that role, including you know joining the SEC, uh, you know leaving Texas in the Big Twelve, and of course you know now hiring Jimbo Fisher as their coach, and they're super serious about becoming a, a football powerhouse. It could happen. I mean, they look incredible against uh, Clemson, um, you know, in short order. I mean, I they were, you know, they've kind of had the same story for the, probably, probably the past five or six years under Kevin Sumlin. They'd, they'd start off really hot. You know, they have a really kind of uh, unimpressive non-conference schedule, and they get out to like a five- 5-0 start, and then, you know, the SEC season kicks in, and then they end up 6-6, six and six, you know. Um, and, you know, they when they're 5-0, and oh, they end up highly ranked and whatever, and then they kind of fall on their face. So, um, but, yeah, Chris, I don't know. I think it's just a lot of mitigating factors. Again, there's just a ton of money in Texas in general with, with all the oil activity and stuff that goes on there. Um, there's deep-rooted you know, um, families and generations that go to A&M and they just, you know, they, they pour their heart into their school and, and good for them. I mean, it's, but I always feel like they just sort of lack that, you know, if you have somebody that's grown up in, in Houston or Dallas or Austin, or Fort some of the bigger cities there in Austin, I mean, in, in Texas, and then they visit College Station, it's just kind of like, whoa, what's going on here? It's like, I mean, there's really nothing there other than, again, it's like uh, you can see their stadium for about 50 miles in, in each direction because there's nothing there other than, than that stadium. And um, it's definitely a more, again, like a rural kind of environment. It's, it's an agricultural school. Um, so they do have kind of a lot of, you know, farming history. Um, and then they're just, you know, their traditions, if you're not a – you don't go to school there – their traditions seem a little a little odd. Um, it, it's kind of funny if you ever want to just kind of Google some like Texas A and M tradition stuff. You look it up, and it's kind of it's a little out there, man. It's a little weird, you know. They got the male cheerleaders, and they got uh, uh, they're dressed up in kind of like army gear. It looks like you know something out of you know like 1940s Germany or something. It's it's, it's different. Hmm. It's a different culture altogether um 
but uh, you know, you can't argue with uh, with what they've done recently. I mean, I think moving to the SEC was probably the best thing that, that could have happened to that school. Uh, it gives them credibility. Uh, it also makes recruiting more difficult for Texas um, because now all these SEC schools are kind of congregating in Texas um, and trying to get recruits to come. I mean, it's not necessarily, not necessarily going to the College Station to play at A&M, but a lot of them are going to LSU and going to Georgia and going to Alabama. They've kind of opened the pipeline uh, for the SEC footprint in Texas. Uh, so it's kind of hurt recruiting for Texas. and um, But it has, it has helped the A&M recruits. And, um, again, you know, they've got one of, uh, I think, three coaches, current active coaches, who have won a national championship in, in Jimbo Fisher. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of cachet right there. I mean, that, that speaks, you know, volume to these recruits. And, again, I mean, I don't know if you guys watched the game, but, you know, they were toe-to-toe with, with Clemson, and um, they had a, a chance to tie it up with a two-point conversion uh, with, uh, you know, just at the very end of the game and, and came up short. But mm-hmm. I did not expect that. At all. Yeah. Yeah, so j- just to talk about the top five, so Texas A&M is the number one, Texas was two, Michigan was third, Alabama was fourth, and Ohio State is the fifth uh, of, of the profit and revenue team. So it's kind of interesting what they have out there. So It is, and, and if I had to guess, like, going into it, you know, the top five, I, I think the, the other four are pretty, like, would be pretty obvious. Texas A&M, again, you know, we talked about it. They don't have much of a, a huge football tradition. I mean, they ugh, I mean, they have it, but they it's not about winning, you know. And, and, and right. to me, kind of the whole A&M experience is this whole, like, 12th man, you know, get the crowd going crazy. It's, it's almost more about the crowd and the fans and the atmosphere than the actual product on the field. Um, so, you know, they haven't won a national championship since 1939. So... I don't know. I wouldn't expect them yeah. to be a top five revenue generator, but hey, you know, good for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't either. So it was kind of, kind of, uh, kind of different. But anyway, well, let's take a next break. When we come back. We're going to talk about uh, the new NCAA, NCAA rule, the targeting rule. So we'll be right back. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fan's perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or drop an email to Loving That Sports Talk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Well, welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk again. This is Chris Marwitz. I'm sitting here with former NFL player, player James Loving. And James, you know, I love when we have this guy on because, you know, I always learn so much or, or things that I forget about. He reminds me of, of what's, what's happened, what's going on. And it's like, oh, that, that, that's why we like college football so much. So, you know, ha- having Mark on is always a good thing. Mark, I'm not going to argue with you yet, but i got to say something <laughs> about that Texas a uh, when I was giving recruited <laughs> to Texas, everybody say, Texas, they shut the place down. It could be high school football, college. The town shut down because Texas believed in football. So they put everything in it, you know, um, no matter where you at, high school, college. So they're going to generate the most money, you know, they should. I mean, like a Texas A&M. Second thing is Texas A&M was not happy with Sullivan when he lost that game, and I think it was UCLA and then came back and beat him because they felt that was. But he still had a great record. But you remember that they didn't like when he lost that game. It was up by forty, I think. And UCLA yeah. somebody came back and yep. And they didn't like that, so they fired that him. Was, so they think they bring in Jimbo Fisher. But the second thing is, is Mark, if you look at these schools, uh, Alabama, Texas, and all that, you say they go five and zero. Yeah, they start off and they play Garbage Can State. They pick these small schools and they pay them a million, two million dollars. And these schools are like, hey, we need the money. We don't mind getting beat up. You know, and that's how they do it. And that's how they be getting ranked and stay ranked like that. You know, nobody know that. But these Alabama's paying Garbage Can State four million dollars. Hey, let's play our first game. And the school like, okay, we'll get beat up. We'll be on national TV, but we get four million dollars for our program. And so that's how they started on four, five, and zero, you know. And it's just that's not fair, you know. Give them a hard school yeah. like Michigan had with Notre Dame their first game. Now that's a schedule, you know. You get one of those mm-hmm. schools playing like that, but you know these schools are doing this to keep that ranking up. When they keep that ranking up, your kid get more boosted. They want to keep giving the school money and 
the town won't give them money saying, hey, we're the top five every year, you know. So that's all it is. It, it keeps going back to it's a money thing. But with Texas, I mean, there's so many schools and high schools, and they don't play out there. They end up at football. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. There, there's there are high schools in in Texas that get more people than than some of these small colleges do, and uh, regularly. I mean, there's you know twenty thousand seat stadium, um, and yeah. then they'll play games at Texas Stadium and, and get fifty thousand people there. I mean, it's it is something else. It's uh, you know again the passion. Uh, the, the tradition, everything else is, is really unprecedented in, in the state of Texas as far as football goes. So, yeah, that's, it, it is definitely part and parcel with, with having a couple of, of teams in the, in the top five. Um, and, you know, James, you mentioned that, the, the, whole, the whole situation of playing these garbage, uh, garbage can state universities, as you like to say. And, uh, you know, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's, it's gotten really ridiculous to the, like, there's an unbalanced schedule. That's the part that absolutely drives me crazy. The ACC, SEC, they only play seven conference or eight conference games. Um, and then you got the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12 that play nine. Um, so it's just, there's teams in the SEC, like, you know, Georgia, plays Texas A&M like every 11 years or something absurd. Uh, so it's just, and then, yeah, they, they schedule, they, they want to get three guaranteed wins on their, on their record. And so they, you know, they schedule the Sanfords of the world. And um, it's, uh, it, it, it needs to be changed. It needs to, we need to have more, just an even playing field. Um, I know my my alma mater, Texas. We're playing eleven schools from the FCS this year, uh, whereas like Arkansas, or, you know, Alabama, I think plays eight. It's just it's it's unbalanced. It's ridiculous, and just the whole neutral site games too bum me out. Um, I, it's so much it's more, so much more patchy passion when you have like a home and home series. Like at least Texas and USC, they're you know they're both of them are are kind of struggling here uh, in the last couple of years, but um, you know they played each other on their home field. This whole like TCU, I know Alabama's, you know they are playing, uh, you know, or I'm sorry, it's uh, Ohio State playing against TCU in Dallas, but uh, at Dallas or Texas Stadium. It just doesn't have the same feel as if it were a home and home, and I I, I wish they would get rid of the the neutral site games and, and bring mm-hmm. bring the games to the campus. And I mean, there there's so many things that need to be tweaked and changed in the NCAA just to make it a more equitable where you're comparing apples to apples. Uh, and every year we get down to it. There's five or six teams that are vying for you know to to play in the the national championship semifinals, and you know the it's just frustrating. Like Alabama was in it last year and they didn't even make their conference championship game. Played a bunch of cupcakes. But they ended up winning the championship. So just, I don't know. Man. It makes my, it gives you know me what, a, Mark? a headache. Thinking of, Mark, who, what's that? But, but you know something? Who are you going to be more acceptable to watch? You going to watch Alabama or you going to watch Garbage State or Wyoming? 
everybody won't watch because Alabama going to bring the crowd, right? So that's why they put those schools in there. It's not fair, but, you know, people say, hey, we don't watch no boring game. I mean, it's kids like like we get like with the NFL game. You get the Thursday night game. You might get Cleveland versus, um, I don't know, who else is sorry. And you're like, man, we don't want to watch that. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So we get this college game where you get uh, Oklahoma playing some sorry school. They're like, no. But that's why they keep them up in those top. You know, Oklahoma, the ones that bring the crowd. Nebraska used to do it, bring a crowd, you know, but they mm-hmm. drop. But that's why they do it. Exactly. There's a lot of politics involved and, um, again, just a lot of inequity as far as scheduling goes. There's just, there's a lot of issues, man, and, and it's, it is frustrating. Um, I, I Sometimes I wonder at the end of the year, like, was it worth it being a – college fan for the for the year um because i just get i get super uh frustrated with some of the some of the rules and and some of that stuff that that seems to get overlooked by the press and by the people that are voting for 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 these teams and yeah it's uh and and to his credit nick saban has has said that he would like to 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 change the sec schedule to where they do play nine games and he he wields a lot of influence in that conference, and I wouldn't be surprised if if something came up. But it's the teams, the lower tier teams in that conference, the Vanderbilt, the Kentuckys, they want to get those guaranteed wins and uh, and make themselves bowl eligible. So it doesn't behoove them to to you know agree to that. But um, it, it would be it would be nice moving forward if if uh, if they would would change it to where people are, are playing on a, an even playing field. And nobody wants to see, and, and you know, as Saban was saying, and to his point and to his credit, you know, he's saying that nobody really wants to see, you know, Moorhead State coming to play Alabama. they got to sell mm-hmm. tickets at their stadium too. And I know that they're, you know, they sell out basically everything no matter what. But, you know, at some point, you know, those, those tickets aren't, aren't cheap. And, you know, to pay however much it is, you know, a couple hundred bucks at least for, you know, maybe 500 bucks or something for a family uh, to watch Alabama against Moorhead State. I mean, nobody wants to see that. Uh, so, but, so, but it is kind of like a, it's like a game of chicken because if they're not, I mean, they've been doing it for years and years. It's working for them. They get somebody in the in the national championship every year. And so why, you know, don't fix what's not broke, but. Um, I don't know. It's it, it's it's pretty maddening. I, I didn't. Man. I didn't know they paid Chris back when I played. I thought all you had to do was use your student ID. You got the game. Am I wrong or right? Yeah, back back because then you're right. You know, that's all you had to do as a student because it because it came out of your fees paid for the 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 the, the tickets or, or for for tickets for the games. Your your student fees is what paid for it. Okay, I didn't know they paid for tickets. I thought just. You a student, you get to come in, you know. But now, like you say, Mark, is a ticket. You know, I go and ask to go to the game and see these tickets. I'm like, wow, these students, where they getting this money for this? You know, and then most of them don't get in, you know. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I heard that some schools do it, do it with a lottery, too. Don't, don't, don't they do tickets the via lottery? So, it seems like they took the yeah, game away I from think the they do. Yeah. Uh, some some places where there's like a really 
uh, heavy-duty student body. I know when I was at Texas, we used to have to pay for an athletic pass, basically. It was extra and additional, you know, in addition to just your regular fees, and we had to pay extra for it. And then, yeah, in certain games, like the OU game, we had to, there was a lottery where we had to wait in line, and not everybody got it. Um, but everybody else has to pay. There's a lot of people that are paying for, you know, the non-students are the ones I was kind of referring to, you know, your, your, your companies, your families that uh, live in town that, you know, uh, live and die by the football team. You know, they got to pay, and they got to pay. It's, it's not cheap to, to go to those games. And, you know, right. to, again, to, to put a team that it, it's obviously going to be a one-sided, lopsided type of game, it's just not, there's just not a whole lot of interest in that. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it'd be so much better if we had a, a better system where, you know, some of these powerhouses play each other every year. And, um, uh, I mean, that's, that's the best part about college football is just seeing these intersectional matchups and, and, uh, and seeing how you match up against the best. So. So, so I, I always thought, you know, when, when you're being ranked, you're being ranked because part of it has to do with 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 your schedule and and how hard your schedule is, and you know who you're playing against. But then they're sitting here putting people in, you know, or, or ranking them, assuming how they're going to do by the end of the season, you know, and and yet they're as, as James said, they're playing all these some of these fluff teams at the beginning because they know they're, they know they're going to get wins, but that's not a tough mm-hmm. schedule for them. So. I, I, I think they got to go in and, and redo something about that in order to make it so that that people are are actually getting ranked correctly. Well, yeah, exactly, Chris. And, and if you have a whole conference, and literally that is how the whole SEC does it, they all do the same thing where they play three cupcakes every year. Everybody basically gets three guaranteed wins, and so it, it kind of at the end of the year. You know these teams that have these three wins on their on their you know record, they it inflates their record. So you've got oh okay look, Kentucky was seven and six this year. Oh they're a winning team, so we're going to give you know Alabama credit for beating them, even though really they probably went you know four and four and seven or so or four and six against decent teams, and so it's just it kind of perpetuates itself and. You know, at the end of the year when you're looking at everybody's record, and, you know, people just don't go through it with a fine-tooth comb. They just see their record and say, oh, okay, yeah, you know, Auburn is 10-1, and one, and, and, you know, they've only beat, whatever, one or two teams in the top 25, but they've got 10 wins, so we're going to rank them high. And then, you know, if Alabama knocks Auburn off, then, you know, it just, it just kind of feeds off that whole system. And, again, it's worked really well. For the SEC, they have zero um, motivation to change it, and so you're going to see that, you know, until something until something drastic happens, which I don't see happening. So it's just kind of, I don't know. It, it uh, like I said, it, it it gets it gets my ire up a little bit because the, um, it is frustrating. It's not. It doesn't necessarily, um, you know, teams aren't necessarily rewarded for for playing tough teams it's just not it, it, it obviously if you beat a, a good team it's going to really help your resume especially at the end of the year when you're looking at the top four but um it, it's too oftentimes there's teams that kind of skate through their their conference schedule and their 
their non-conference schedule that, uh, like Alabama last year, they really didn't beat anybody. Uh, they didn't even make it to their SEC championship. But they got in, and, of course, they end up winning the whole thing. So it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's frustrating. I'm sure yeah, they won. Had they, had they scheduled these better teams, they would have won those games anyways. So you might as well just, you know, play some more competitive games. See what happens. We'll tell you what, let's take our last break. When we come back, we will talk about the targeting rule. So we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica. TV. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Loving That Sports Talk. Again, this is Chris Marwitz, and I'm sitting here with James Loving and James We've been having a really good conversation with Mark Fossen, our guru regarding college football. Oh, Mark. <laughs> oh, we learned some college football. Yeah, we, we always do. We you always know, do. You, you learn that college football is more important than pro. Than pro. Real. There's so much going on. There's so much doing, you know. So that's why when Mark get on, I learn a lot that I didn't even know. And I haven't played the sport, so that's crazy. <laughs> exactly. So, Mark, I want to talk about the targeting rule. Let's let's get this in before the show ends. So, one of the biggest changes to the NCAA football rules this year is the targeting rule, um, and it states a player who targets and hits defenseless opponents above the shoulder are ejected, and their team is penalized 15 yards. They installed this for safety concerns. Um, so basically this past week in the college games alone, they had more than a dozen target penalties and ejections. Um, so the first thing is, do you see an issue with this rule? Let me start because you might lose me and I'll let Mark finish the show, all right? Okay. Um, 
No, you got it, buddy. You can't have that. You can't have that rule because if you look at it, Mark, and I heard a lot of people say this: college football is harder in than pro. And as I start to watch it, when I talk to you, I always go watch a game. It is true because they're looking to get a spot on the next level. Pro, they ain't they there. So when they're going to hit these guys, it ain't like pro they're going to try to hurt them. You know, I don't think. I think they just try to, you know, get a hard hit and show what they can do. It's hard to stop your momentum as a defense and somebody coming there and they crouching down to protect themselves. It's just impossible. You know, so I think that rule's going to hurt a lot of kids and probably get some kids hurt because you're trying to pull up and stop and you might end up hurting their neck or, you know, I just think it's it's a bad rule, you know. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Mark. Work it out, Mark. <laughs> uh, you know, I, t- I tend to disagree with you on that. I, I, I just, I think that as big and fast and as athletic as some of these athletes are now in college, uh, they're just gonna, they're, we're on a collision course. Um, and, and plus with all the, the information we have now about, about CTE and about how repeated concussions can really, really mess up the rest of your life. Um, I, I just, I, I think it's something that's it's just going to, the players are going to have to adjust to it. I mean, there might be, yeah, there might be some, you know, where, where they're, they change and at the last second they're, you know, it's not a natural move and they're trying to get, you know, trying to do something different and, and, and get out of, of, of that targeting kind of uh, area. But man, I mean, I just, ugh. Just the the head to head stuff, um, it's it's hard to watch for me, honestly. Um, just because I you, you know how much uh, damage can be done. I mean, you look at guys. This really tragic story of you know Tyler Halinski, the, the quarterback for Washington State that 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 took his own life last year, and um, you know he had CTE, um, and it is. It's a real thing, man, and, um, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I I know I've looked at some, pra- some practice footage where they've got little extra padding on their helmet, on the outside of the helmet. I don't know if that's something that's going to end up coming into the to the league and, and to, the, to college, but I don't know, man. It's just with the information that we have now, it's kind of like, you know, back in the in – the, you know, 50s where, you know, we didn't realize how bad smoking was for your health. Now there, there's some real scientific information that, yeah, these repeated concussions, you know, they can do long-term damage. And, I mean, you just look at some of these, some of the guys, you know, Junior Seau um, comes to mind. And a lot of these guys that are just struggling in life as they get older uh, because of, of the, you know, the beating that they gave to their head uh, while they were younger. It's, uh, you know, it's pretty jarring. And it's, um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a perfect rule, James, and, and it's probably not. And, you know, you, you can speak to it better because you, you played, obviously, um, in college and in, in the pros. But uh, I don't know, man. To me, it's just you, you got you to gotta adjust and, and change based on, the information that you have and to have all of that information on, 
on, on CTE and, and how damaging those concussions can be and not do anything about it and just keep, you know, this willful or, you know, this ignorance um, and, and just hope that nobody gets, you know, killed on the field or, or hurt really bad or, or, or suffers long-term consequences. I just, I just, I just find that uh, something that has to be done, frankly. I don't care what you do, Mark. You're not going to change. Where, I don't care what kind of football it is. That's a touch football. You're not going to change the way they're hitting with their head. It's not going to happen. You're going to use your head no matter what in football. Now, it's going to either be a hard hit or be a soft hit that's continued over and over and over. But it's not going to change. So when you know this, the thing is like if I put my hand on the stove and I say, man, it's hot. I know later on it's hot, right? I know football is dangerous, so people right. got to say, hey, you got to take that. I know what you're saying with that. That's, that disease is not good, but you know the consequence you're taking with that playing football. You're not going to stop. I don't care if they're going to have um, the Space Kid helmet, that little cartoon with that big old helmet that kid wear. It's not going to stop the injuries, Mark. It's not going to do it. Trust me. Well, no, I, I agree, but you're also looking at diminishing participation from a lot of kids. A lot of parents are just telling their kids, sorry, man, you're not playing football anymore. And I think, you know, it's, it's a real thing. It's out there. And, you know, I know as a parent, you know, I ended up having two girls, but if I had, if I had boys, I would be pretty, pretty concerned, honestly, to, to, to let them play football, uh, knowing the, the risk that, uh, that they would undertake. And, you know, James, I agree, you know, your, your, your head's always going to be involved, but, you know, using the crown of your helmet and digging into somebody and, and spearing and all that thing, you know, that's, uh, that's quite different than, you know, keeping your head up and, and form tackling somebody and using your head in that regard. It's a lot less dangerous, you know, both to the, to the hitter and to the hittee. And, uh, I don't know, man, I just, to me, it's, it's, I don't know that it's really changed my, um, you know, watching the games and everything. Like, I think we all kind of are getting to the point where we know what targeting is and, and what's going to, you know, cause a penalty and what's going to cause somebody to get kicked out of a game. And I think that as, as time goes by, um, it, it's just going to be kind of the norm where people aren't going to be doing these, these hits to get kicked out of the games. They're going to adjust to the rules and they're going to, you know, learn the right way to tackle and everything else. And uh, I think you're going to see less of these penalties over time. And I think that's honestly good for the game. I mean, there's plenty of, of vicious hits and exciting tackles and things like that uh, that can be done without having to use your, your head and your helmet. And, um, you know, I'll still watch it. And I, 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 just, I don't think it's going to diminish the, the, the product on the field. And I do think it's going to, you know, hopefully um, change people's lives moving forward as they, as they, you know, graduate from college and as yeah. they, you know, go into the pros. Um, right. You know, I think that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. 
Well, Mark, as always, it's so good to have you on and to hear what's going on with college sports, to be able to talk it with you. Uh, we'll have you on hopefully in, in another month or so. We'll bring you back on, kind of see where things are at and ask you some more questions because I definitely have a lot more to talk to you about. So, But it's always good to, to talk to you and, and hear, hear your, your professional opinion on things. Thanks again, Mark. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And, right. uh, yeah, Everybody, call me anytime. I'd love to come back. Perfect. Okay, All right. You have Please a great week, everybody, and we'll be back next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.